Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Writer's Showcase. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the award-winning author of Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as the Hotel series and Pretty Ugly. With me today is USA Today best-selling author and clue on a game of Jeopardy, the amazing <laughs> Anne Charles. Anne, welcome to Writer Showcase. Good morning. Thanks for having me here. Hey, I'm excited just to talk to you. I feel like our pre-show chat, which I usually talk, like mention, like, what do you want to cover today, Anne? We just talked, we just blabbed the whole time. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, and you recently had a book release, I think two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago? Time is a blur. You know how that goes. I think it was something like that. Yeah. I remember your book launched and then my book launched. Right. And and you and I were both like, when are we going to do this interview? (laughs) I'm crazy. (laughs) Can you tell people about uh, your latest book? Because I believe that is one in a very long series that you have written. It is. It's book 12 in the Deadwood Mysteries series. And it's called Never Say Sever in Deadwood. And in this 12th book, um, our heroine is back and doing her crazy, wacky adventures again with supernatural beings and humans and everything else in the middle of freezing cold winter up in the Black Hills. And it's it's full of a lot of uh, scenes that had me laughing when I was, you know, typing away and writing the stories um, and cringing. Oh boy, there's some cringers in this one that make you go, oh, and I've had yes. readers write and say, oh my gosh, I was doing this and I started thinking about it and I was itching and, you know, different things. So that's wonderful when you get some good feedback like that. You made somebody really cringe, right? Yeah. I mean, I think for authors like us, that's really like a compliment. Like, oh, uh, that got under my skin. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. So it's, uh, it's been going really well. We, we got it out in time for my Deadwood fan party in Deadwood, South Dakota that we have every year. So the fans that came to that were able to get a copy and uh, it was a special copy that I called the COVID edition because I did have COVID in May and it stopped oh. me up for a couple of weeks and it made me miss my print deadline for that party. And so we put out the book is COVID for just a very short time and with a few copies and it right in the front, it says, this is the COVID edition, you know, and, and if uh, some funny stuff about that. So Now the real deal, the official fully edited deal is out there for everybody, both in print and ebook, and it's in process of being made into an audiobook. I love that. I love it. Um, So I want to hear more about this Deadwood fan party because, so this is a collection of your fans that come out to celebrate you. Is it every year? Every year. Yeah. This was the ninth year we've done this. So, and I try to, um, my husband and I try to change it up every year with what we do and how the different events we have. Uh, This year we had tours of a haunted brothel uh, at night. Uh, which was amazing with a paranormal investigator group that's local to the area that's done this brothel. So it was so much fun. They bring all their cool gadgets and people get to, you know, be part of the paranormal investigation. So we did that. Uh, we had multiple signings. We had, 
boy, I'm trying to even remember. It was it was a blur. And the fan party. Every year we have a fan party, and and the paranormal investigators were the guests at this fan party where we all get together. We have fun stuff. We we have guests. We talk. I stand up, and any question you want to ask me, you can ask me. Uh, and I reserve the right not to tell secrets, but we do have fun with it. So next year will be number ten, and I think we're gonna have it in October just to have a little bit better weather because the heat and humidity and you know, there's just hard to get a hotel. So we're, we're thinking about pushing it back just a little, but, um, we got all kinds of stuff already planned for the 10th year. That is so exciting. So when it first started, you know, nine years ago, was this your idea? Was it something that your fans were clamoring for? Was it just something that happened? It was something that happened. We were, uh, I was there, I believe for the South Dakota festival of books, which I'll be there again this October for that festival. Um, every other year they have it in the Deadwood area. So we were there and there were probably 20 or 30 of us. And we thought, well, let's get together and go, you know, have uh, fun somewhere, have a dinner or have some drinks. And that was the first meeting. And we put together a few fun questions and answers and just, you know, had a great time. And I think there was cheese trays involved or something. Oh, good. <laughs> and, good. Like and drinks. Had, had me at drinks and cheese trays. <laughs> and if you add in haunted anything, that's like yes. a trifecta of a good night. Oh, and, and that might have been the year we did the tour of the haunted hotel and the old brothels before they were fixed up by the Deadwood History Group. So, yeah, we've each year we do different things. Sometimes I have other authors in as guests. Sometimes we have, like I said, the paranormal investigative team. Uh, we try to mix it up and offer every, different things every year to the fans that come. And it's really cool because people come from all over, like Florida, Texas, North Carolina, Hawaii, Canada. They come down. So, yeah, we, we all get together and it's just a big gathering, you know, several days. This year it was four days of different things. So it just keeps growing little by little and we have a great time. Is it, it must be good for the ego to be like, I have, <laughs> I have created such like loyalty in my fan base and they love the book so much. That I, I, I do like that. Well, what I love is that what you hit on right there, that they love the book so much because, you know, as an author, we're not the easiest, we're not the most friendly, most outgoing party goers there are. Uh, we tend to want to stay home and sit in our pajamas and, and watch movies and read, right? So to find people that share your sense of humor and love of story and get to hang around with them, it's just amazing. It's it's so much fun. Uh, and every year at the fan party, uh, toward the end, I'll, I'll talk. Like I said, you can ask me any questions. I'll talk about what I'm working on and what's coming next and give some inside you know, readings of stuff that's maybe not out there. But I always, right before it starts, I will go into fluttering panic. Oh my gosh, what am I going to say? What am I going to talk to these guys? They came all this way. And, you know, in the end, it's, I'm just me. So, um, you know, it's that jitters as you get up. uh, You know, you've been on stage many, many times. I have. And, you know, what's funny is I can go on stage and never, ever be nervous if I'm performing. But Uh like two weeks ago, a week ago, whenever my book launch was, uh, again, time is blurry. I had like my first in-person book event because COVID. Right. And I was petrified. I was just like shaking. I'm just like, I have to clutch this podium or they're going to see that I'm just like vibrating. (laughs) Trembling, yes. And and my husband, who is such a love, he's like, you've done burlesque. 
these people have seen you almost naked. <laughs> Don't be nervous. And I'm like, I know, but now they have to like, they like read my book. Yes. They like my book. And I have to talk about that. I can't distract them with a shiny costume. Right, right. There's something very... Um, when you so have personal. your book, yeah, when you have an audio book come out, um, I, I listen to them ahead of time to give the final okay. And it's, it's a whole different ballgame. It's very personal. And, uh, you know, again, I'll go through some nervous stages and oh boy, here we go, you know, and I kind of, it's like a roller coaster. Just get on there. Here comes the first hill, lift your arms up close your eyes and start screaming, you know, cause that's kind of how it goes for me. I'm not all, you know, suave and all, this is going to be great. You know, that's yeah. just not me. So. Well, um, I think you have loyal fans that know that that's not you, which is great. Uh, do you, did you find over the years as your fan base grew and your fan appreciation weekends grew that it was giving you more courage in your work to take bigger risks and take your characters maybe in other directions because you knew you had uh people who would follow you or were you scared to scare them too much <laughs> uh to be honest every book is scary to release because when the previous book does very well there's now a pressure to make this next book even better uh, especially in a long series, because you have to keep mixing it up. In my opinion, you have to keep trying different things uh, behind the scenes when it comes to structure and plot and the work that goes into building the story uh, to keep it fresh for them so that this book isn't just like the last or the one before. So um, I have, I sound like I'm a nervous wreck. Maybe I am, but <laughs> I, I go into it very cautiously. I don't take any of this for granted. And I know that I have to work even harder than the last book to make it better yet for them. Uh, the best compliment, one of the best is this book is now my all-time favorite, or this one's the best one yet, which is wonderful because you keep raising, you know, the bar. On the other hand, that means okay, That's a lot of pressure. That's yeah, a lot here of we pressure. go. Like, oh gosh, yeah. So I there created is a masterpiece. Now you have to create a better <laughs> masterpiece. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but in the end, when I'm writing the story. I'm just trying to have fun. And if I'm laughing as I'm typing and cringing and wincing and going through the emotions, then I think that comes across on the page and, and then the book will be solid. So you have 12 books in the Deadwood series. Are those the, are those the only books you have out or do you have other books out? As well? I do. I have five different series that I write. Okay. Um, and that was book 31. So wow. um that is my longest series to date. I have the Jackrabbit Junction Mystery Series that's set in Arizona, and that one I'm working on uh, book six of. So that series is my next longest. I also write, I co-write uh, Deadwood Undertaker series with my husband, which is the Old West of the same world as the Deadwood Mystery Series. It's just back in the 1870s, what was going on. And so it's I a mix. That. It's a mix of Western, of course, with 
uh, supernatural and lots of humor and action. So we write that one together. And then I have a dig site mystery series that's archaeology, that's adventure action. And um, all four of those have ties, whether the characters know each other, the characters will cross over. There's all kinds of ties, which makes it fun because now it's a big world. It's a universe. It's yes. like the Marvel universe. Exactly. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, and to keep tying them together is, is a lot of a lot of fun. And then I also have finally the um, my circus, AC Silly Circus series, which is which are novellas. It's a shapeshifter circus train series, and it's crazy. Uh, and and those will tie in, but I'm not going to give away how yet. So oh, okay, all right, good. Keep us guessing. Keep us yes. guessing. Yeah. And am I correct in thinking that? Y- are you independently published or are you with, with a small press? I started with a small press that I had co-created and uh, did that for about four years. But it came there came a point when I had to either be a publisher or an author because yeah. we had a lot of authors that were in the publishing, you know, that we were publishing. And I couldn't keep the work up on both ends. So at that point, I decided uh, I want to be an author. I don't want to be a publisher for everybody else. This is hard enough with me, you know, to promote yes. and publish and do all this stuff. I, I just didn't have, and I had little kids, two little kids that I wanted to spend time with as they grew. So I had to make a choice. Uh, so that was around 2015. I think I went solo. And ever since then, I've been just, Anne Charles is the publisher. That's, you know, you're such um, an incredible inspiration because I feel like, you know, you hear the words USA Today bestseller, you hear the words fan appreciation weekends, you, you know, you have done so much. And I think a lot of people who are in small press or independently published, we think that to get to your level of success, that it has to be through the big five. And I love that. And I love the big five, but I'm also like, I've got a foot in both ponds here. Right, right, right. Um, so, but I love how much you've done on your own and really created, uh, not only Anne Charles is a very talented writer, but it's Anne Charles very much a, a brand. Right, right. The whole branding thing. The purple boots. Yep. That's the brand. Is that where it started? The boots, it, and then it worked from there. It did. I mean, uh, I have a really good friend that she is an author, but also she's an ace marketer. And from the get go, when we put that first cover out of the very first book, Nearly Departed in Deadwood, with the purple boots right on the front cover, she was like, "Purple boots, that's your brand." And I said, "What? No, I'm going to write all these things." She's <laughs> like, "No, you need to own the purple boots and make that your brand." And so. I listened to her on a lot of things and that was one that it was like, you're right. That that's kind of an original thing. And it's really grown from that. I mean, the other books have their own little, you know, the series have their sub branding, but yeah, Anne Charles is, and I have purple boots. I I was given them from friends and family at my very first book signing. Um, So I still wear those for most book signings, unless it's Killer hot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm gonna wear sandals. <laughs> you can those get purple sandals. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Or get like a little purple boot earrings. I do have lots of those. Um, okay. I've had amazing readers over the years. They bring me the best gifts um, from chickens because I have a chicken named Elvis in the Deadwood series. That's a pet. Like a live chicken? No, 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 no. Okay. We have I it done live. Like, oh no. 
<laughs> that's crossing the line between a really great fan and a kind of creepy fan. Like, yes. At a book signing, and they're like, "I brought you here's a your live chicken. chicken." I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, no stuffed stuffed chickens, and then all kinds of fun chicken stuff. Um, you know, different items to put on the shelf, and then purple boots and um, wonderful Arizona stuff too, because the Jackrabbit series uh, does you know earn its own." Um, fun gifts coming at me. So I just, the readers are wonderful. They're so supportive. Um, I, I emphasize always, and I mean it, we're a team because without them, I'm just a crazy person, you know, writing different people's stories, but with them, you know, we go forth as a team and, you know, we're, we're ever growing and keep finding new, new fans and new readers to come on board and have fun. That's awesome. Um, so, I always am very impressed when people write series, like long series. I have like a two book series and I was impressed with myself. Like, <laughs> oh, I did it. Um, I kept things straight for two books. How do you do like, do you have like big aspirations for like an end game for like the end of Deadwood or is it just an evolving process? Do you outline? Do you plan? Do you have one of those serial killer walls that has like post-its and strings attached to different <laughs> events? I am a half-ass organizer. So, but there is some organization. There is some, yes. I'm not totally freewheel, you know, going out there and just shooting from the hip entirely. But what I do have is there is an overall series arc that I have for each series. And then within the series, each book has a book arc and there's character arcs. So there's character growth because I think it's really important. Your characters keep changing and growing just like we do in everyday life. So it's not like uh, just a serial repeat story, you know, with different villains. It's, it's a whole, now you see how this character is able to do this or able to handle this better because of, you know, book three taught her this. So I do have that. Uh, I have extensive uh, notes on characters and all the different plots and threads and stuff. So a lot of I, I do that myself, but I also have a world keeper. Um, she has been there since book three or four. She came up to me at a book signing and said, "Hey, I read your books. You know, you changed so and so's eye color between book." You know, oh my god! Two and three, and I was like, "She's like, would you like any help keeping track of that?" And I said. Oh my gosh, I have been waiting for you to show up and here you are finally. So what an incredible gift. Yes. And she's amazing. She now does it as a business for other authors too. What? Um, but she, we started off together building this, you know, um, with the Deadwood series and now she's got all my books. Of course she's done them and she's amazing. She, she's my backup brain. Um, and so I will turn to her whenever, you know, there's a, we joke about, but it's true. One Easter, I wrote her and I was like, something about a sex scene. Where's the last sex scene that happened with this character? And she's like, happy Easter to you too. <laughs> so we start laughing. You know, we, we have a good time. Um, but I think that's really crucial in a series because, you know, if you're a fan reading one book at a time as I put them out and you never go back and reread, you're not going to catch any difference, of course. But when you're 12 books in and you you get a new reader that starts at book one and they voraciously read all of them within weeks and, and I'll, get, I'll get those wonderful emails where I have been reading your books for weeks and now I'm caught up, they will catch the, the tiny things, the threads that, you know, if you drop a plot thread or you change something. So I, I think it's extremely important to stay true to the series. And 
follow those, you know, threads and keep on top of all that. So, and it takes work. Yeah. Especially I think our culture right now is we're set up to binge things. Yes. Now we're, we're kind of spoiled in a way because of Netflix and everything and, you know, Kindle Unlimited and the ease of Kindle books to just say, oh, I found a new author. Oh, they have six books out. Done. Bought them all. Yep. I'll see you in a week when I'm done. Right. Right. Yes, very much so. And it's wonderful, especially if you do write series like me and they enjoy the series, that this is, you know, what we do. I do that. If I find an author I love, everybody just stay back. I'm going to spend the next several days reading. So uh, fend for yourselves, which luckily for my kids, their father is wonderful. <laughs> and he, he cooks um, for us because I'm a horrible cook. So they know that, oh. you know, they'll be fed always because he they'll takes, be fed. Yeah. Yes. They don't um, have to like pound on your studio door and you don't have to just like throw raw hot dogs at them. Like exactly. <laughs> yes. He's amazing. I mean, he is, he's part of the business too, since the beginning, we've been doing this together. Uh, and he is, like I said, he writes the Undertaker series with me, but he, uh, his concern about the children eating is up here. And I think mine's further down. Wow, I'm they, like, there's fridge full of food. There's freezer full of and food. And they're old enough probably to fend for themselves, aren't they? Yeah, enough they're, they're teenagers know. now. Oh, so they, They're fine. I'm like, yeah, let's learn. Why don't, you, you could cook chicken tonight and learn how to cook this meal for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're probably like, no, thank you. <laughs> Uh, but it's, so I, I, the binging thing, I do it all the time. I don't really want to start a series on Netflix unless I know the, you know, the first season's there because I know me, I'm not yeah. going to be able to stop. So I know we just recently made that mistake with Lisey's story on, uh, Amazon. Yeah. We, were, we thought it was completely done and we started it and then we're like, what do you mean? There was only three episodes. <laughs> we have to like watch one a week from now on. I know. Isn't that funny considering how we grew up with TV shows? Now it's like, like what? I have to now wait. I won't e- uh, yeah, now I won't wait. Like sometimes we do it as a mistake and then we're just so mad at ourselves and we're like, I don't even want to finish it now. <laughs> I'm just pissed off. I'm pissed That's off. Funny. I'm pissed at myself. I'm pissed at Apple TV. I'm, you know. <laughs> I have a, a first draft crew that are the readers and they read first draft, which as I write each chapter, I hand off to them to read and get their edits back to me. And, and there's about 12 of them and they have to experience that. I will deliver when I get it. And sometimes, you know, there's two chapters a week, maybe three. Sometimes there's one chapter every week or one every other week if I'm busy. And so um, it's really funny, the emails I get from them. What do you, do? I see on Facebook that you're out doing this. Get back, get back there and get writing. Uh, that's, I used <laughs> so to do, that's how I used to handle my beta readers too. I would just like dole it out a little at a time. As I wrote it, they got it. Right, and then I right. would incorporate their notes. But I did get to the point where I was getting those emails that were just like, can you please write faster? I finished this already. And I'm like, I'm writing as fast as I can. And they're like, no, you're taking pictures of your dog. I see, like you're on Instagram. I, I see you. I see you. you. I see that you just commented on something on Facebook and you're not writing. And I'm like, I know. I know. Okay. So this last time I waited until I had an entire oh, draft and then I gave it to them. And A then couple you did people it. got the first half of the book. Oh, that's what, but, um, 
I'll do cliffhangers a lot of times at chapter endings. And then I get the, that's just cruel. You're just being mean now to us. <laughs> and, and I it's love part that. Part of it is that. Yeah. yeah and, and part of it's fun because really it, behind the scenes, I'm testing, of course, how does that chapter ending work for them? Are they like, I don't care about the next one or are they hurry up and get me more? Mm-hmm. Because that helps me see the overall, how the book pace is going, you know, everything's going. So there is part of a purpose. And sometimes it's just the little evil author that comes out in all of us and goes, yeah. You're just going to wait a little longer. Wait a little longer. Um, have you had the same group of uh, first draft readers for many years, or do you change them up every once in a while? They're pretty much the same. First draft is the same. And I'll add one new one every now and then if someone, especially if someone kind of fades away or drops off because life is taking them other places. But um, they're pretty much a solid crew and have been that way for the last 20 plus books. Mm-hmm. Uh then I also have a beta team. So first draft is different from beta because first draft, you get the chapter as I write them and you get stories and, you know, long in pieces. Uh, beta crew is after I've had my professional editor go through it and I've gone through it a couple of times. Then we're almost ready to go, you know, live, but I want those last things found. And that's where the beta team is awesome because they get, you know, a really clean draft so that those little, those minor ones, errors, spelling, missing period, stick out more for them. And those guys are amazingly thorough and they usually do it within a week for me. Because Ooh, that's I, good. I usually have a week left. Unfortunately, they're at the tail of the whole process. So any deadlines, you know, they get squeezed uh, into. Yeah. So, and that's, I have about 40. 40 beta reader? Oh, 35 to 45, depending wow. on the book. So yeah, That's and these guys are tried and true. And I haven't added any of those for a, probably a couple years. Um, every now and then I'll add somebody new because somehow it comes around and it works out that, hey, you'd be great on the beta team. But mostly I just stick with, because everybody comes from different backgrounds and we've formed this amazing beta team that... I know so-and-so is going to catch these type of things and this one, you know, this person's going to catch this. So, you know, it's once you've built that team yeah. with what you need, you don't really change it up too much. Exactly. I remember like when I first got my like first beta team, I, I needed like all the, all the walks of life. I'm like, I need, a, you know, a couple men, couple women. I need right. somebody who is a trained psychotherapist. I need uh-huh. somebody who works like in social work. I need somebody who has a ton of money and doesn't care about anything. <laughs> I need somebody that like legitimately loves this like genre of book. Right. I need right. somebody that hates this genre of book. Like, right. Right. I need it's, all of it and like it, a variety of ages. <laughs> it's important. And, and I really, I don't know if everybody realizes when they're on the beta team that there's this whole, we're, we're doing that as authors. We're forming the team based on not just because you're wonderful and you're so good at reading quickly and getting back with edits and finding things. It's, it's also what you bring to the table is so important uh, in helping making that final draft really sparkle for everybody else and be a seamless read. I love, yeah, I, I'm very impressed with the amount of people you have on your team. That's, that's great. Well, I've always said from the start, I'm not competing against another author that's newly published their own book. I'm competing against the big five for, um, when they open that from the cover to when they open the cover and go through the book, it has to be professional. It has to look and feel like a mass market book uh, without 
bunches of visible, you know, formatting errors or anything like that. It has to be clean as I can make it. And so it's my team then, by the time you put it all together, there's easily 50 to 60 eyes on this book before it goes live. And still things will go through. It's amazing. Something will be missed, the tiniest of errors. And it's amazing how it can get through all that. But that happens in the big five too, though, because I, you know, I read a lot of uh, advanced reader copies of things and, and even not advanced reader copies. And I'm just like, right. you know, there's, there, there are just mistakes because at the end of the day, like we are still humans. Right. And right. then the computers sometimes don't want us to be humans and we'll switch <laughs> something and we're like, no, but that's not right. Oh, uh, <laughs> in this last book, when I was writing, I don't know, I did an update, I think to my uh, Mac and all of a sudden, every time I typed it's, it wanted to put an apostrophe in it and it did it while I automatically, while I was typing. And you know, when you're in the middle of writing, you're not really seeing the words. It's all just pouring out of your head. So I'd go back through it going, what is wrong with me? Did my brain break? And I forgot it's, you know, with apostrophe versus not, but, and then I started and I couldn't catch them all. So first draft crew is going, what's wrong with her? She's can't type. It's I anymore. honestly think, um, I don't know if you use Microsoft word, but I use Microsoft word and there was an update and mine does that now too. It automatically apostrophe S's yes. all of my it's oh. and it underlines in red. Anytime I use a contraction to say oh. that that's not right. I'm like, um, I'm sorry, but my character wouldn't be saying, I would not, blah, blah, blah. They would be saying wouldn't. And I'm just like so annoyed to see all the red squiggle lines. And I then, know. And then it's, it's wrong every single time. Uh, but and, that's and not underlined. <laughs> I know. And that's a hard one to catch because when you're reading, as you know, uh, as a reader, you don't really a lot of times catch that unless you have that left brain more and your your eyes see that kind of stuff. And those are the people that make great um, beta readers a lot of times is the ones that do the oh, I saw this and I caught this, you missed a period and all this stuff. I'm like, how did you even see, how did that? You see that? I know I get it too. Yeah. I'm like, I had three editors. Like, yes. you know, how did that happen? But yeah. human, human eyeballs. Uh, I know. I, I often say there's 125,000 words or more in these books. If I got away with only five words that have a problem, that's pretty good. That's great. You know, so the best you can do. You know, and, and put that out there. So one final question before we end. Uh, how did it feel to be a clue on Jeopardy? Because I feel like that's like the coolest thing. I'm a Jeopardy nerd. And I remember one day, I think you posted it or somebody posted it. It might've been our publicist, Mickey. Yeah. Uh, Mickey Mickelson from Creative Edge. He might've posted the the little like blue. He did. I think he did for me because it was for a podcast where they were asking for unique things that have happened and said, well, this was different. You know, and he was like, oh my gosh. So I didn't know. My mom calls me at work and she's, she's mountain time, you know, in South Dakota. I'm Pacific time at that time up in Seattle. She's like, my friends from the East coast are calling me and I'm, and telling me you're on Deadwood. And I'm like, uh, I'm sitting at my desk at work. I'm not on Deadwood mom. They're full of, you know, they're pulling your leg. She's like, no, you're, you're on jeopardy. And I, (laughs) we had this really funny, no, I'm not on jeopardy. I am not, you know, and my cubicle mates at that time were like, looking at me like, what the heck? I'm like, my mom. Yeah. You know, she Thanks. says I'm on Jeopardy. <laughs> and she goes, no, she probably's like, no, you are a question on Jeopardy. I'm like, what? And then 
she's like, this is the question, you know, and then she read the thing and, and, you know, I was like, you're kidding me. How in the heck? So I race home and, you know, it's not till seven o'clock Pacific time. So we've got time and I'm calling everybody on the (laughs) West coast. You got to get on, look at Jeff, look, you know, watch Jeopardy. And my brother actually took the picture on his TV um, and sent it to me, but yeah, it was surreal. Um, And I love it because nobody had the answer. So I sat there, the bonus of being something nobody knows that well at the time was that I sat there for like 15 seconds during the Jeopardy song as everybody tried to, yes. So it's like, you know, 15 seconds of advertising on national TV that I received for free. It was amazing. amazing. Yeah. And it was the celebrity show too. So I always remember Lewis Black was on there. Who's I'm a big fan. And of course he didn't know you know anything about the books but it was like <laughs> that's lewis black reading my name wow oh. so it was really fun and cool i i feel very fortunate that that happened oh and that's awesome thank you so much for being with me here today well thank you for having me it's always fun talking to you i know it's been great to chat um i just want to thank everybody at the global <laughs> authors on the air radio network and everybody at creative edge publicity for being our sponsor Thank you to Roman Sirotin, our producer, Pam Stack, our executive producer. This has been a coffee written podcast by the Global Authors on the Air Radio Network, and I will see you all soon. 